The beauty of faith is marvelous to consider, for without childlike faith in Christ Jesus, it is impossible, just not possible, to please God. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why faith? I must believe that God is. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1018, that will for the 1018th time prove that God is. This proof comes from just about every scientific and academic discipline known to man. Your analytic mind will be satisfied here, and as you consider God's Word, your faith will sprout and grow. Regardless of your spiritual condition, you have the seed of faith on board, seeking to grow strong and resilient, to yield joy, peace, and even eternal life to you. Why did God choose faith as the common denominator required of all? Why didn't he choose IQ or strength or beauty, wealth, power, or mighty deeds? Why faith? Why is God only pleased by faith that worketh by love? Faith in God is faith in his word, and this faith grows as one reads and hears the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This faith allows the quickening power of the Holy Ghost to transform your life, beginning at the place Jesus calls born again, John 3, 3. Born again is the place eternal blessings begin. Faith in God's Word means you will strive to walk in obedience, and this is a blessable place. In order for God to bless you, obedience to His commandments and precepts is required because inherent within them is the blessing of doing the right thing. For God to bless, faith and obedience to His perfect commandments are required. The heart of God is to bless you and me more than we even know to desire His blessing. These three verses typify the heart of God. Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Luke twelve thirty two. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you yet to be born again? God wants to bless you. Today, as you confess and repent of your sins, all of your sin and its shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. Today, as you begin your journey to eternal life, all of Satan's bondages will be broken, no matter how big. Today, you will begin life anew, this time as a son or daughter of God. In a moment, I will ask you to follow me in a simple prompt. If you follow me, Everything will change for you, your father, your name, your mission, your thoughts, your eternal destiny. Everything changes. Will today mark the most momentous decision you could ever make? Here comes the prompt. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. 
God said, 1 Chronicles chapter 28, 10 through 13, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof, and of the treasuries thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner parlors thereof, and of the place of the mercy seat, and the pattern of all that he had by the Spirit, of the courts of the house of the Lord, and of all the chambers round about, of the treasuries of the house of God, and of the treasuries of the dedicated things. Also for the courses of the priests and the Levites, and for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and for all the vessels of service in the house of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. God said, John 21, verse 11, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Man said, is my cousin a mushroom, or am I made in the image and likeness of God? Of course, the highly enlightened academics are correct. Mushroom! Who needs an old, dusty Christian Bible when you have all this great wisdom at your fingertips? It's all right there. Just ask your phone. We're so smart, don't you think? Now the record. The things of all of this life are patterned after things in heaven, even man himself was made in the image and likeness of God, Genesis 1, verse 26. You'll find the signature of God interwoven into every fiber of life, especially in the numbers of design. Numerology, the science of numbers, surely tells its own story. Several features on God said, man said, address the, address the subject, excuse me, even the mystery of numbers. It has been asked whether God is a mathematician, and of course the answer is yes. He is also a microbiologist, geologist, engineer, fill in the blank. Today's feature will focus on two numbers, the number 7 and the number 12. Several paragraphs follow from the God said, man said feature, designer's numbers, a pattern of the heavenly. Several excerpts in the feature written by Keith Newman titled God is a Mathematician Follow. The feature was published by BibleBelievers.org. The authenticity of the Holy Bible has been attacked at regular intervals by atheists and theologians alike, but none have explained away the mathematical seal beneath its surface. It would seem a divine hand has moved to prevent counterfeiting in the pages of the Bible in a similar manner to the a line that runs through paper money. Bible numerics appear to be God's watermark of authenticity. Vital research on this numeric seal was completed by a native of the world's most renowned atheistic nation, Russia. Ivan Panin was born in Russia on December 12, 1855. As a young man, he was an active nihilist and participated in plots against the Tsar and his government. He was a mathematical genius who died a Harvard scholar and a citizen of the United States in 1942. Pannon was exiled from Russia. 
After spending a number of years studying in Germany, he went to the United States where he became an outstanding lecturer on literary criticism. Pannon was known as a firm agnostic, so well known that when he discarded his agnosticism and accepted the Christian faith, the newspapers carried headlines telling of his conversion. Pannon says the laws of probability are exceeded into the billions when we try and rationalize the authorship of the Bible as a work of men. He once said, if human logic is worth anything at all, we are simply driven to the conclusion that if my facts I have presented are true, man could never have done this. We must assume that a power higher than man guided the writers in such a way. Whether they knew it or not, they did it, and the great God inspired them to do it. The Bible itself clearly states that it is the literal God-breathed living word of the Creator. The words, thus saith the Lord, and God said, occur more than 2,500 times throughout Scripture. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it states, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Then in 2 Peter 2.20 and 21, it plainly states, No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Let's take the number seven as an illustration of the way the patterns work. Seven is the most prolific of the mathematical series which binds Scripture together. The very first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, contains over 30 different combinations of seven. This verse has seven Hebrew words, having a total of 28 letters, four times seven. The numeric value of the three nouns, God, heaven, and earth, totals seven, seven, seven. Any number in triplicate expresses complete, ultimate, or total meaning. Also tightly sealed up with the sevens are the genealogy of Jesus, the, the account of the virgin birth and the resurrection. Seven occurs as a number 504 times in the Bible, 72 times seven. The phrase sevenfold occurs seven times, and 70 occurs 56 times, or seven times eight. In the book of Revelation, seven positively shines out. There are seven golden candlesticks, seven letters to seven churches, a book sealed with seven seals, seven angels standing before the Lord with seven trumpets, seven thunders, and seven last plagues. In fact, there are over 50 occurrences of the number seven in Revelation alone. God's seal also pervades creation as though it were woven into the very fabric of nature. The Bible has declared man's years to be three score and ten, seventy. The development of the human embryo is in exact periods of sevens or twenty-eight days, four times seven. Medical science tells us that the human body is renewed cell for cell every seven years. We're told the pulse beats slower every seven days, as if it were in accord with the seventh day of rest proclaimed in the Genesis creation week. And God formed man of the dust of the ground. Science confirms the human body is made of the same 14 elements, two times seven, found in your average handful of dust. The light of the sun is made up of seven distinct colors as shown in the rainbow. In music, 
There are seven distinct notes, which climax in a chord or octave at the beginning of a new seven. In almost all animals, the incubation or pregnancy period is divisible by seven. Seven is often referred to as God's seal or the number of spiritual perfection, end of quotes. Eugene Wigner, a Nobel Prize winner, was interviewed in 1960. He asked, why did the natural world always, as far as we know, obey laws of mathematics? Everywhere they look, they see God. The following paragraph, written by Mesmerado, is found under the heading, God is a Mathematician, and was published by scienceandnonduality.com. Mathematics is abstract, symbolic, structured, and precise. It is true everywhere and always, and mathematical laws cannot be violated ever. Math sounds a lot like the attributes of God, eternal, omnipresent, and omnipotent. According to a theoretical physicist, Michio Koku, the mind of God, we believe, is cosmic music, the music of strings resonating through 11-dimensional hyperspace. That is the mind of God. Vern Poitras, uh, who teaches New Testament in Cambridge University and has two doctorates, a Ph.D. in mathematics from Harvard and a doctorate in divinity, argues in his book Redeeming Mathematics, a God-centered approach that the harmony of abstract mathematics, the physical world of things and our thinking, depends on the existence of a Christian God. Srinivas uh, Ramanujan, on whose life the book and the movie The Man Who Knew Infinity are based, is known to have said that an equation to me has, no, has not meaning unless it represents a thought of God, end of quote. There are numbers and concepts in the scriptures that mirror or shadow and that are patterned after God's heavenly things. The Holy Bible is an ever-expanding revelation that only the childlike can access. My assistant informed me as I prepared to proofread this article that this feature's ID number is 1777. The words in this feature are divisible by seven as well, 497 times. Coincidence, you think? End of quotes. The following passage are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Seven Pillars and Strange and Peculiar Groupings of Words. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1, Wisdom hath builded her house, she hath hewn out her seven pillars. These words were penned approximately 3,000 years ago, a strange and peculiar grouping of words. Today's neuroscience is just beginning to understand its meaning. Renowned neuroscientist Dr. Caroline Leaf in her book, The Gift in You, writes concerning the mystery of the seven pillars. A few excerpts from Dr. Leaf's book follow. The implications are that wisdom and good judgment are built and take time to develop. Throughout the Word of God, we are instructed to get wisdom. It's not a choice. It's an instruction to build a house of wisdom in our minds. Scientifically, the brain is also built on seven pillars, which, when used properly, produce clear, intelligent, and wise thinking. These seven main areas of the brain were revealed through imaging techniques that observe activity in people's brains as they perform different tasks. We will discuss these seven pillars more, but it is important that God's Word and His wisdom are the strongest foundation. Brain science is very clear on the benefits of thinking deeply to develop the brain's intelligence and wisdom. 
as a popular phrase in the world of neuroscience puts it, use it or lose it. The more you think, the more your brain grows, making you wiser and more intelligent. The development of your brain is under your own control. We are not victims of biology or environment. Our brains were designed with an ability to restructure and rewire, to control our reactions to circumstances and events in our lives, and to develop our wisdom. You perceive the world in the creative brilliance of your mind through seven types of thought. Dr. Leaf goes on to define the seven pillars. So the neurons in the front of the brain, the frontal cortex, that is the location of the intrapersonal pillar, deal with decision-making, planning, deep analyzing, shifting between thoughts, realizing goals, and developing strategies. When we are introspective, we are using this type of thought. Just behind the intrapersonal pillar is the interpersonal pillar, which is involved in social interaction, communications, turn-taking, and turning in uh, and tuning in, excuse me, the needs of others. The interpersonal pillar is followed by the linguistic pillar, which deals with spoken and written language. After the linguistic pillar is the logical mathematical pillar, which deals with reasoning, logic, scientific thinking, numbers, and problem solving. Next is the kinesthetic pillar that provides sensory and body awareness. Then comes the musical pillar, which of course is music-based, but also includes the ability to read between the lines and distinguish gut instincts. Finally, there is the visual-spatial pillar at the back of the brain, which is where we imagine and form mental maps. Your unique thinking pattern requires that you think by moving through the seven different pillars of the brain's thought in a particular order with a signature amount of bandwidth given to that function. When we start exploring the seven pillars of thought, an integral principle is that all seven of these pillars work together very, very intimately. They don't work separately, and they are all interconnected, end of quotes. Wisdom and her seven pillars, a strange and peculiar grouping of words confirmed by today's neuroscience. God's word is true and righteous altogether. Every jot and every tittle, it's a place to build a life that will last forever, end quote. Consider these excerpts from the God Said, Man Said feature, The Revelation of Seven. When men discard the word of God, stupid things happen. As a special note, I'd like to mention a couple of historical events concerning the common week. In 1792, the socialists of France, in their rebellion against the seven-day cyclical pattern of life, instituted a new calendar with a 10-day week. It created total confusion and was abandoned 14 years later. In 1929, the communist leadership of Russia, in an effort to destroy any attachment to the Bible, instituted a five-day week, which ended up in the trash can just three years later. They were operating in the rebellious spirit of the Antichrist to come, of whom Daniel prophesied in Daniel 7.25, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. It's surprising that anyone would reject the seven-day week principle when one considers that a lunar moon, which is a product of orbit and time and space, houses roughly four 
seven-day cycles. Those who suggest the seven-cycle comes primarily from a religious root should be advised that the number seven is not imposed on us from the outside, but from the inside. This becomes obvious when you note that plants, insects, and animals all have weekly cycles. The seven-day cycle is not a product of culture, but to the contrary. Culture is a product of seven. There is a scientific discipline known as chronobiology, which is the research into how living things handle time. It has discovered, among a plethora of other things, that countless hormones crucial to human life processes are directed by an unseen conductor's hand in predictable biological rhythms. All those secretions happen within ultradian and circadian time frames. They appear to occur in seven-day cycles. Perry and Dawson, authors of the book The Secrets of Our Body Clocks Reveal, reported weekly rhythms known in chronobiology as circoseptum rhythms are among the most puzzling and fascinating findings of chronobiology. At first glance, it might seem that weekly rhythms developed in response to the seven-day week imposed by human culture thousands of years ago. However, this theory doesn't hold once you realize that plants, insects, and animals other than humans, also have weekly cycles. Biology, therefore, not culture, is probably at the source of our seven-day week. From the book Inner Time comes the following. The best investigated circumceptum rhythms concerns our immunities. The common cold, for example, will last a week, no matter how much we spend at the drugstore. Patients with pneumonia or malaria face the greatest danger around the seventh day of their illnesses and the symptoms of chickenpox usually appear around two weeks after exposure. The immune cells, vital for our resistance to infections and cancer, T-cells and B-cells, fluctuate in number on a seven-day schedule. This immune cycle can make a difference if we undergo surgery. After surgery, for example, the amount of swelling that patients experience varies on a seven-day cycle, worsening on the 7th, 14th, and 21st days. Doctors who perform kidney transplants know that the risk of rejection is highest one week after the procedure, and for a while, danger zones continue to occur every seven days. Studies of animals have found similarly timed risk for heart and pancreas transplants, end of quotes. God's secrets are often found in the numbers he has employed in the design of all life. The number 12 is a foundational number, again from Designer's Numbers. The following excerpts are from T.A. Brewer's book, Numbers That Preach. You see, the same God who designed the world to be 24,000, 12,000 times 2 miles around, also designed it to travel 1,600,000, 12 times 13,333 miles in one day in its orbit around the sun, which has a diameter of 864,000, 12 times 72,000 miles, he stamped the number 12 all over it, as he did with the moon that orbits us. It has a linear diameter of 1,260, that's 12 times 105 miles. That same God decided one day would have 24, 12 times 2 hours in it, and 24, 12 times 2 time zones circling our planet. The same God who designed those things also recorded in his written word, that the Apostle John had a vision of 24 elders circling the throne of God. That was nearly 1,600 years before the longitude problem was solved, and no one had a clue that 
24 also circled the earth. If you pay attention to the numbers, it's easy to see that the same God who designed the world is the same God who designed the biblical picture of the throne room. The same God who put 12 major constellations in the heavens also put 12 months in a year. The very same God also gave Israel 12 tribes and the church 12 disciples who followed Jesus. He did this because the number 12 is the number in his word that indicates God is governing something. It is also his fingerprint to folks on the inside scoop so they can know he is in control, ruling and reigning in that same arena. That's why 60, 12 times 5 seconds make up 1 minute and 60 minutes, or 3,600 seconds, 12 times 300 make up 1 hour, end of quote. The number 12 is found 189 times in the Bible, including in Numbers 7, 84 through 88. Listen to these. This was the dedication of the altar in the day when it was anointed by the princes of Israel, 12 charges of silver, 12 silver bowls, 12 spoons of gold, each charger of silver weighing an 130 shekels, each bowl 70. All the silver vessels weighed 2,400 shekels after the shekel of the sanctuary. The golden spoons were 12, full of incense, weighing 10 shekels apiece after the shekel of the sanctuary. All the gold of the spoons was 120 shekels. All the oxen for the burnt offering were 12 bullocks, the rams 12, the lambs of the first year 12, with their meat offering, and the kids of the goats for sin offering 12. And all the oxen for the sacrifice of the peace offerings were 20 and 4 bullocks, the rams 60, the he-goats 60, the lambs of the first year 60. This was the dedication of the altar after that it was anointed. Twelve will be found consequential throughout all of eternity. The New Jerusalem has twelve foundations and twelve beautiful gates. The apostles sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. End of quotes. The following paragraph is from Dr. Jeffrey's book, Creation. The theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking acknowledged that the fact that the proton in the atom is precisely 1,000 836 times heavier than the electron is essential to the formation of the molecules that are the building blocks of all life. The precise ratio between the proton and the electron is a fundamental number governing our universe, Hawking stated. The remarkable fact is that the values of these numbers seem to have been very finely adjusted to make possible the development of life, end of quote. When you divide 1,836 by the foundational number 12, the result is 153. John 21, verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and 150 and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Just before Jesus left the earth, several of the apostles and disciples including Peter and John, were fishing all night long with no success. At daybreak, while heading into the shore with empty nets, they saw someone on the shore who was recorded in John 21, 5, as saying, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. He then instructed them to cast their net on the right side of the ship, and they would catch fish. 
John 21, 6, And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast thereof, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. John 21, 8 through 12, And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon in bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went out, and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, an hundred, and fifty, and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus said to his fishers of men, just before his departure, where he now sits on the right hand of the Father, to cast their nets on the right side of the ship, and in the morning light they did. The right side of the boat represents Jesus Christ the righteous, the Lord of salvation. The morning light is also Jesus Christ, the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And this Christ is known as the bright and morning star. It must be noted that from Christ's resurrection until the day of Pentecost, which is the day the church received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is not recorded that one single soul was saved. The church's net was empty. But on the day of Pentecost, ten days after Jesus ascended into heaven, and after the baptism in the Holy Ghost, three thousand souls were saved in what appeared to be mere minutes. Biblical historians call Pentecost the birthday of the church. The apostles and disciples were obedient to Christ's first commandment to them, that they should tarry in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father, which was the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Luke twenty four twenty nine. The Holy Ghost leads and guides in all truth and powers and opens the door to direct communion with God. When the Holy Ghost was imparted and indwelling in the saints, the church's nets began to fill. The number 1,836 is foundational to all living and to the universe. When divided by God's foundational number 12, it yields the number 153. A coincidence, you think? God is in the numbers. The childlike beauty and detail of His Word is breathtaking. Embrace it and live forever. God said, 1 Chronicles 28, 10-13, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern of the porch, and of the houses thereof, and of the treasuries thereof, and of the upper chambers thereof, and of the inner parlors thereof, and of the place of the mercy seat, and the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, and of all the chambers round about, of the treasuries of the house of God, and the treasuries of the dedicated things, also for the courses of the priests and the Levites, and for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and for all the vessels of service in the house of the Lord. God said, Hebrews 8, 5, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. God said, 21.11, Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Man said, 
Is my cousin a mushroom? Or am I made in the image and likeness of God? Of course, the highly enlightened academics are correct. Mushroom! Who needs an old, dusty Christian Bible? When you have all this great wisdom at your fingertips, it's all right there. Just ask your phone. We're so smart, don't you think? Now you have the record.